Hey everybody, it's high noon here at Mutiny Radio. It's a Wednesday, means it's time for the AltaCast, bringing you news with a socialist bent. You know about things I care about. Drugs and abortions, yes! All the news from Drug Policy Alliance and not all pro-choice America. Go to their websites, give them money, but before you do that, give us money. Go to that Mutiny Radio website and click right there on that donate button. A mere $5 can help save a comedian near you. All right, hey everybody. It's been an interesting week. Definitely different than last week. Here at the AltaCast and in the life of Mutiny Radio. Uh, thanks for joining me. Again, give me money so we can keep all this great stuff going. Excited, uh, we're going to have that Tuesday spot refilled. It's going to be great to have Terry Dorsey on board. Yes! What a coup, what a coup. Terry Dorsey. Waiting for LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth. I believe she's in town today. I haven't gotten my ding-ding yet from her saying that her Uber is late. Being Uber shitty. Jonathan got in a fight with an Uber driver this week. Oh, boy. Just, he has such fierce conviction about the strangest things. But, you know, if it's important to him, I need to honor that. All right. We're going to start with the Drug Policy Alliance, thanks to Melissa Moore out there in New York, holding it down, trying to change the way we view drugs in America and harm policy reduction, everybody. Harm reduction policy. Hey, there she is. I heard that door open. She just stepped out of an Uber. Wow, blonde. (gasps) Beyonce. What the fuck? You had everybody's calling you Beyonce? You look like Beyonce. She's Yeah, right. Oh, Beyonce. Yay. Yay. Did I come in right on time? You did, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, just just did the intro, let everybody know that they're listening to the AltaCast here on Mutiny Radio. Here's a little tether for you. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. So How's uh, how's everything? This it, it's this is a great look. This oh, I, I love it. I've never seen you blonde before, so I'm, I'm totally. Too bad digging you guys it. out there can't see me. Yeah, people keep saying they want um, us at Mutiny Radio to start doing like videos of because everything's visual and you should put it on YouTube. I'm like, it's a radio show. Yeah, it's a podcast. It's a podcast. That's, it's yeah, a radio imagination, show. right? But, but why does everyone want to? Why does everyone want to watch a podcast? Doesn't uh, that seem weird? Like we're talking into microphones. I guess I don't. I don't know. Maybe people like the aesthetic of seeing the faces of people that are talking but right. I mean if you go on our Facebook yeah you can see what we look like you can yeah. see what we look like we always post yeah. uh, Pam's on there constantly just um, once a week from, twice a week you know for twice Mutiny Radio so yeah. but I wouldn't mind doing maybe like just a live stream like not all the time Oh, Facebook Live, you mean the yeah, devil? Yeah, yeah, you know, because Facebook Live right now is notorious for people committing suicide and isn't crime. That, isn't that <laughs> so crazy how things turn to the worst so quickly? I know, right? Uh, suddenly everyone wants to be famous for their suicide or something. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, why does anybody want... Murdering people on fa- Kidnapping people on Facebook Live? It's crazy. Ooh, shit. What is wrong with people? Uh, people... I don't know. People need to smoke more weed. Absolutely. Which I brought a joint. Oh, fantastic. Right yes. Fantastic. 
drugs. I need to figure out some something how to deal with the microphone today. Here we go. This uh, we're going to start with the Drug Policy Alliance's blog because I find this kind of an interesting concept. The media needs more than a new style guide to get them to stop stigmatizing people who use drugs. Mm-hmm. So on May 31st, the AP announced over 200 changes to their style book. So this is AP is the Associated Press, including some guidance on how to write about addiction. Words like addict and abuser were to be avoided and replaced with more per, more person first and less pejorative language. Many have lauded this move as a step in the right direction to help increase compassion and understanding for people who struggle with their substance abuse. However... It is apparent that not all publications are following suit and that a change in the language is not enough to shift our deeply ingrained cultural stigma against people who use substances. We as a society still have clear ideas of who substance users are, what they are like, and whether they are worthy of dignity and respect, even though these are often inaccurate and misinformed. We don't have to look far to find clear examples in our media that perpetuate these deep stigmas. Here are two published within the last, within 24 hours of another. Before we go to those, I mean, what are, when you think, <laughs> when you think crackhead, Language. what do you I think? I mean, well, that's the thing. When you, we have in our brains, you know, when, when, um, if you have black actor friends and they're like, well, I'm going out for crackhead number two or right, for right. a homeless man number six, not like for <laughs> doctor guy or, you know, like. High-powered lawyer. It's (laughs) meth addict number three. Well, no, that's a white person. That's white people. That's white people. Ah. So when we think of the stigmas in our head and we go meth, I think her name is Crystal and she lives (laughs) Misty. Right, Crystal and Misty uh, (laughs) live together in a trailer that their stepdad. Uh, left them. They actually killed him because he top he blew actually he blew himself up in the meth lab in the back, but they never told anybody. So they're still collecting his social security checks, and they're making so Misty and Crystal no teeth left, and in their <laughs> early twenties, you know, like they look forty two, but they're like twenty three. I get that. I get that visual. Also, uh, the demographic of older white people too, like forties. I see 40s, uh, 50s, but I also see middle class because mm. I saw it in Missouri. So you see middle class methods? Oh God, yes. I mean, their house looks like shit, but I think like, their house would be clean. Well, I mean, sparkly. Well, no, it's like hoarder ish. Mm. Um, so like middle class, like you know, kind of hiding it, but you mm. know that that's that house kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and you know that they don't, their yard's not kept really good. <laughs> right, right. Well, each, so each, that. each one has their specific, so when we think like, but I don't think the general population probably would think But when that. you think, when you think Mexican, you think, oh, pothead. You think, oh, lazy pothead in the field or something. There's just, there's terrible. sometimes. Oh, well, that's like, yeah, the Latino kind of like, oh, they must be Pablo Escobar. But th- so we have these weird, like, stigmas in our head. Yeah, I think, I think cocaine and I think like, I think like greasy, you know, Latino guy, his very slick hair. I think, he's uh, he's Wall got Street, the chains on. White dudes. Oh, with cocaine too, absolutely. Yeah. But that's not the negative stigma. Cocaine in that situation is everybody's fine with it. Yeah. Because if you have enough money, that's somehow the it's the okay. Look of it. Right. 
the white part. Right. Isn't that weird? So, um, so, so we, we, we've got our stigmas here. Here's one. Uh, last Friday, Mother Jones published a piece by Kevin Drum, which was likely intended to poke fun at the not-so-surprising, in his opinion, result of a recently published study on public attitudes towards policies impacting the homeless. The study found that despite supporting programs to help the homeless, many respondents also backed prohibitive policies, which disproportionately impacted impact the homeless, such as bans on sleeping outdoors or panhandling. The research researchers believe that these opposed feelings can be explained by the feelings of disgust that the public may have compassion, but they also have a desire to maintain a distance from this population. In Drum's attempt to minimize the significance of the study's findings, he wrote, No kidding. About half the homeless suffer from mental illness and a third abuse either alcohol or drugs. You'd be crazy not to have a reflexive disgust on a population like that. Is that really so hard to get? Drum's point being, of course, people with mental illness and or problems with substance is, uh, are viewed as disgusting. Mm. Not a big deal. Okay, that's really harsh. Well, and but that's the thing is that we yeah. when we think of homeless people, they're like, "Ugh, well they're all just on drugs." Or they're, you know, doing they're just they're just, you know, making a choice to abuse alcohol and live yeah. on the street and they say, "Oh, how gross." I think that's a stigma stigma I used to have before I moved to the city, mm-hmm. um, living in like a small town and then moving in the suburbs and then when I moved to Chicago, I think I had that stigma as well, but once being around it and seeing and then moving here, good lord! <laughs> and, and not everybody eyes. on the street is on heroin or drinker or whatever. Right. I have a buddy Maria, and she just happens to be homeless, and uh, she lives in a tent with her with her dude and her dog. Um, but she doesn't drink anymore. She went into a program. She said it used to be a problem, and um, she went to a program. I talked to her on the street one day, and she's like, "Oh, I need someone to take care of my dog. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I'm I'm gonna go away for 28 days, and I'm gonna." And she's doing really well, like with that alcohol, but she's still homeless. So. And it, it's and I think with here being in San Francisco, and I'll even throw New York and what have you in there because how, how it's so expensive to live in these places. You do have. It's sad. You do have college-educated people who are homeless on the street here who are once professional because they can't afford to rent. Right. So, I mean, I had to... I think moving to the city, it kind of opens your eyes to the fact of, like, not everybody's a meth addict or a crackhead or a junkie. Mm -hmm. You know, there are actually people... And even the mentally ill, you know, I think coming out here really, really will open people's eyes to, like... I saw a lady on the bus last night, and we were all waiting for the 27 bus, and she's screaming. Yeah, absolutely. She's screaming at the bus and being really crazy. And um, But then the bus comes up, and she's very normal, and she gets on this bus, and there was a blind guy on the bus. And when he was getting off, she goes... Everybody stop. There's a blind man. Everybody be cool. And she was so cool and so collected. And I'm like, this is the same lady who was just screaming in the street. And then she just chilled it out and calmed it down right like that. And that was all. This is an interesting place we live. Yeah, she's, I mean, the thing is, I think you see, I think you see a lot of, I think you see a lot of mental illness on top of drugs, uh, drug abuse mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of, I mean, unfortunately, in our society, a lot of people with mental illness do compensate with drugs. Well, and, okay, so this is this is crazy. Not all I've got, of them. I've got two stories before we get back to this. We're, we're getting off the rails already, everybody. But hey, it's the Elfcast. That's what we do. Uh, 
So, did I even say everybody, the lovely and wonderful Latoya, the Sheriff, the Troops, Luin? I didn't even oh, introduce you. I just was like, I was like, I called now. you Beyonce. I'm like, <laughs> special guest Beyonce today I'll on the Alticast. I'll be singing later. Uh, so, some some crazy things. First, on the homelessness, I have a buddy who just moved back here. He lived in the city years ago, and he just moved back here, and he's homeless. He has two jobs, and now he's in this weird situation. And I want to ask your opinion. He really, really, really likes this one girl, but he's been kind of living with this other girl. But he doesn't know if the new girl he really likes will let him stay with her. So he's in this crazy predicament where he kind of wants to, and he's asking me my opinion. And I'm like, be honest, be honest, be honest. Because I've had bike messengers stay with me when I thought they liked me and they didn't really like me. They were just staying with me for two weeks because they didn't have anywhere else to go. So I've already been that girl, which th- that thinks, that thinks, no, cough it out, girl. I turned your microphone off. Um, I've, I've already been that girl who's felt that way. Right. And then when they keep having sex with you and they don't really like you, that is the worst and used. most bizarre feeling. You're being used. Yeah, it's awful. You just feel like, oh, they're only here because of my house. It's terrible. Uh, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. It's drama. Drama, 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 drama. I know. I did, I, so I got involved that far. So that was one of the things this week I wanted to hear because it's homelessness and that's how that tagged in. And the other one was, oh, so I'm talking to this. She's an amazing spiritual one of those people that studies, you know, the metaphysics and all that stuff. And Okay, so she has a theory on mental illness, and especially schizophrenia, that a lot of these people are really mediums, and they're talking to the dead. But when they're children, they don't know. They don't, they don't know they have this gift in their parents or all the people they think they're crazy, and they're saying, well, why are they talking to people that aren't there? Why do they have imaginary friends? Instead of saying, oh, they're a spiritualist. They're a medium. They have a gift. Um, okay. No. Because <laughs> you don't believe in the gifts. You don't I, believe no, in I do. I do. Oh, okay. I do believe in stuff like that. I just think there is a very, 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 very small population of those who do have that certain gift. And I think the people that walk around here, the, I would say 98% of the people that are kind of hearing cray-cray, voices. Yeah. Are mentally ill. But what if, what if it's not really mental illness? What if it's that they have a special gift to tap into somehow the divine? What if there's a, like a permeable layer in our brain and they're somehow is more activated with these other, their brain chemistry is different because they're accessing this different part. What if we gave them, instead of being like Medicaid, what if we said, hey, you have a gift and I'm... Okay, with schizophrenia, for example, I think I find that one very fascinating just because of different personalities and, and who are these people channeling. Right, right, you know? right, right. So schizophrenia, I can see a little bit, but nah. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel, you know, people who have OCD and who are like uh, bipolar can tend to be a little bit on the dangerous side. So kids schizophrenics, but I can see with the different personalities of schizophrenia, are they talking to an ancestor? Are sure, they, sure. you know, is it someone from the past or the future that they're, cha- you know, right, right, I see right, right, right. that with schizophrenia. I can question that. I right. can question Okay. That. But no. <laughs> not, not, all, not all mental illness no. is uh, somehow a connection with the divine. Alcoholism, that's part of a mm. mental illness. It, it can change into mental illness. So. Yeah. Well, and it's so hardcore when people get to the point 
where their bodies need it to survive and you, it's just just like what old dumb face is a uh, uh, mother's friend's son yep exactly uh, what he was telling us last week when you burn it down just burn it down yeah like he's he's far gone yeah it's just you, you can't know, even not because he was born that way but because what the chemicals he did he put in his body for so long it's so funny that we don't see that like the things that we put in our bodies affect the way we live our lives it's so they've convinced us somehow that there's a disconnect between I do feel though alcohol especially I think over the years of you know you know being I am a drinker I'm not an alcoholic I'm a drinker too I'm a wino right well I love wine when I can get it but I won't drink just anything that's the thing I'm bougie right but I feel I do feel like I've slowed down a little bit and my thought process isn't as quick as it used to be. And even I've noticed like certain things I can forget spelling. Oh, I forget the spelling all the time. So I, I do tend to see the effects of like, you know, drinking since I was really in my 20s because I, I, I did drugs when, uh, when I was a teenager more. <laughs> um, that process. I've, I've always been... I've always been a binge drinker, but I would never call myself an alcoholic. Um, but I really, I really enjoy alcohol a lot. I, yeah, I think it be, it can be fun, depending on if it's what you want and how you do it and where you're at and where your mindset is. Yeah. I try not to drink when I'm sad. Right. Well, last, oh, night, last night at that. the brainwash, we had we Jonathan, Mary, and I. We 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 drank three pitchers between the three of us oh, but had a pitcher each. but i think that i actually drank more i don't i don't know what happened it was it was a really fun night at brainwash last night see it was fun, it was fun. did anybody die nobody died did anyone cry no actually everyone had a really good time i think see, all the all the comedians stayed inside cuz i bribed i bribed them with medicated uh, breadsticks yeah grassini i made these weird little grassini they were tasty good see stuff. Now, what, I, I, I'm curious to think their stigma of alcoholism, because you know a lot of people don't think that alcohol is a drug. Some the people stigma. don't. Well, okay, so there's a weird thing with alcohol, because being a drunk bitch, no one likes a drunk bitch, no. but guys, so the stigma I feel like is on women, because it's like, if you're a drinker and you're a woman, you're like, can, you can be perceived as like gross. Like now dudes, they can drink all day long bro. and everyone's like, that's so cool, man, you're a bro. Oh, you shotgun, you do it, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it they makes make you cooler. Well, even like mad men, let's have another whiskey. Let's, we're, we're men, we're drinkers. But somehow that's okay. But if you're a woman, there's a serious stigma against being a drinker. You're loose, you're a slut. Yeah. You, you get real, you say shit, you say right. crazy shit, you do crazy shit. And, or you could be dumb and be like, Woo! like Marina drank. Or, or you end up like having a nervous breakdown and crying and, and like ending up in the closet. Yeah, princess. <laughs> I've done that one before. You don't want to throw up on $400 shoes. Oh yeah, don't, that's the worst. Don't Vomiting in public. That's mm, just, mm. that's just, you, you need to go. Who, who are your friends by that point? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and they're feeding you too many drinks. That's what happens. Is it? And that's the other thing about alcohol is that we use it to celebrate. We use it when we're sad. We use it to, you know, it for to, everything. Right to dinner to, parties to, to, to mark special occasions. First communion. Right. <laughs> well, we use alcohol in these ways, and so there's these. 
I mean, that's the American stigma, though. I have there's also that factor. When, when you stop, I've stopped drinking for like a week or whenever I decide to not drink. The minute I stop, everywhere I look is alcohol. I feel like there's a bar on every corner. There's a liquor store with an ad. There's there's Budweiser for a dollar twenty-five a can out the door. There's on the bus. Like I don't even know if it's on the bus. Probably not. But all of a sudden, everywhere I look is alcohol. Booze is everywhere. And you know what? Even you know what's funny? Even watching like old movies and you see the old ads of like Times Square, there was still like, booze. Right. Yeah. All over the place. We still have we still have ads for booze. Oh, all over. We have yeah. more. <clears throat> We have like, like the breaks. 80 the 805 that new beer which isn't new but oh firestone yeah there's so many ads i mean I see that all what's, the time what's sunday uh morning football season oh exactly course like, trucks trucks beer and trucks so beer. get into a car and get a dui y'all because yeah. oh, it so is the crazy. best thing ever see this is why the drug policy this is knowledge we're spitting. Yeah, I well, mean, we'll get we'll get we'll get back to this. So, we, but we're talking about stigma, and I, I find it very interesting that we don't stick. Well, of course we don't stigmatize alcohol because there's a huge industry behind it, and they want to make fucking money. I would, I wish I could do more drugs than drink because I really feel, and I mean certain types of drugs, not every drug. I wish they're just a little bit more accessible because I see alcohol is the worst drug. Absolutely, you know, I I make money off of it. So, and I've seen, and I've, I've learned now to balance a little bit. I don't do shots. No shots. Me either. I know we're getting getting older. I barely drink hard liquor. I'll put it in a glass of water. I'll drink whiskey water. But again, I won't drink whiskey after dark. And it's usually whiskey coffee if I'm in a day drink. But when I day drink, I really do try to keep it responsible as I'm, this is ridiculous, but I just keep it one up on the hour. So if, if, if. If it's been one hour, I've had two drinks. If it's been two hours, I've had three. If it's been three hours, I've had four. And as long as I keep it to that and I don't double up on the hour, I can go like, I can honestly go like 14 hours of drinking. I can do it. You're nursing. (laughs) Yeah. Just one. It's just one, one and a, ooh, ooh. Wow. Let's see if it's (laughs) game. I'm I'm sorry, guys. If it is, I'm not going to. Private call. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know about that. I'm I don't sorry. like that. I still I would never answer private calls. I don't trust. I don't trust it. it might be the FBI. If I know, God, are they listening? This is legal. We're fine. We're <laughs> maybe. We had a new day, baby. I know. I'm so scared. Um, well, at least I mean I felt stigmatized from alcohol before, but it, it was just it's all that you know, dumb drunk. But, but people yeah. are kind of dumb drunk when they're dumb when they're drunk. I think the worst thing is just like you know more people die off alcohol than you know certain drugs and what have you. Yeah. Because, and then people murder people and or get into a car. Right. You know. And but you know I mean we've learned our lessons over here. You're right. Absolutely. It took me. It took us one time. We're one like, time. Okay, uh uh-uh, No more. No, uh, I'm like it. okay. Done I'm going off the deep end now. That's yeah. too much. <laughs> No more. Um, my question is, if they legalized all the drugs, if everything was accessible, I still, I mean, I'd probably just be smoking weed and eating shrooms, honestly, because it's not, I don't like opiates. Oh, I mean, I love Valium, but I can get Valium whenever I want anyways, because it's like a doctor drug and I know I can get a script she for it. That it's very easy. But just, I mean, and, you know, sometimes I... 
Valium used to be very, very helpful for me because I used to have debilitating uh, airplane problems. Oh, shit. Yep. Oh, man. I couldn't get on an airplane. I couldn't even... I'd start hyperventilating when when we'd start... I'd start seeing planes and I'd start hyperventilating. Like, I was... I couldn't... Wow. There was a time when I, I just... I couldn't even conceptualize getting to the airport without Valium because I just... I'm, and I'm I'm still really afraid of airplanes, but it's because I don't have faith in. There's a lot of things I'm afraid of. I'm also really afraid of bridges. I don't like going over bridges. I don't like big tall buildings. I don't like them. I don't like going in them. I'll never go in that Salesforce building ever, ever, ever. Do you, do you like uh, roller coasters? I don't have a problem with roller coasters. Um, I have a problem with roller coasters now. That's just a phobia. I don't mind roller coasters, and I, I have seen some where people have fallen out, and that's awful. But um, <laughs> oh man, um, that's I just exactly what right, exactly. But it, I mean, if the harnesses are okay, um, anyway. So I used to, I can, it, but now I'm actually okay. I don't have that anxiety anymore. I mean, I do, but so I just kind of get over it. It's very rare that you go the volume route. So yeah. those would be your top three. Yeah, I mean, I love the, I love. Uh, the two Pam family. I love diazepams. Uh, I love lorazepam. I love benzodiazepines. It's like my favorite family of drugs, because that it's the two Pam family. But I, for me, I can get so hyped up that I can like make myself really sick. Like I can, I can get really hyped up about nothing. And not that it's nothing. I'm afraid of airplanes because I understand that I'm in a giant hunk of metal thousands of feet in the air hurtling through space at insane speeds and everybody's okay with it and you can look down and that's the ground that's that's the earth beneath us and it's like we're up here in the sky and some people are like in their minds go think "Ooh, that's cool technology's rad i believe in it (laughs) and i'm like "Ah, ah!" right so that's but it's the same thing going across bridges. Like people go across the Bay Bridge all the time. I have this reoccurring nightmare of like going off a bridge. Oh, yeah, so me too. I can see that a little bit. But that airplane shit's funny, you know. I try not to think of La Bamba. Oh, I know. Well, or a little that tiny movie. place. So one time I had <laughs> to be alive. on a tiny plane because we went from Mexico City to a place called Manzanillo and it was a 16 seat plane. And I was. I mean, I almost crapped myself. It was so scary. It was like we were in a tiny plane. And you could feel every Oh god, it was awful. It was just horrible. It was horrifying and just I was crying. I cry and there's nothing I can do about it. I get so hyped up that I just start crying. Like I just start <laughs> leaking everywhere. And it makes people really uncomfortable and I feel terrible about that, but there's just nothing I can do about it. Like I'm so overwhelmed <laughs> that I'm just like weeping from fear and but that's the thing everyone else was just like planes are cool i'm in a plane people fly like, planes fuck that i need a value yeah i'm like give me my drugs <laughs> give me planes like <laughs> did you so have to scary. do that that last time did you need to pop a value i haven't taken it in a couple of years honestly oh, wow. um, Look at that. yeah i but i still i mean i still get really scared and the bummer is i usually take like a brownie or whatever now um eat some edibles check out that replacement right yeah uh, but i love i mean I, I love Valium. It's just fun because it makes me, like, I feel fuzzy. 
and it's just really nice. And I don't think I've ever taken a Valium. I the pill the pill family. I'm still like ah. Uh, you don't want to have more than two drinks on it. Um, but with two drinks, you feel really good, like really good. Like you almost, almost like falling asleep good. Like, whoa. Kalanapin fucked me up. Yeah, the same family. That was, okay. Same family. I have a horrible story to share about Kalanapin. And this is when I knew I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay away from scripts because right. I... They were about to call the ambulance on my ass. Oh, no. How yeah. much did you have? How many milligrams did you take? I don't know. I don't... How big was, was the pill? Was it just a it pill? It was tiny, uh, yeah. white little pill with huh. a line through it. Looked like a pill, but it was from my uh, friend. She would have to take it. Um, so Probably 20 milligrams, because if it had a line down the side, it'd be 10 and 10 if they were dividing in half. Because I mean, but 20 milligrams isn't that crazy. Usually, you just well, fall asleep. I, we were at the bar. <clears throat> By the way, no one told me about the whole drinking part. Right, right, yeah. right. Uh, so I think this is during my dirty martini days oh, as God. well. So, and I think I had to go to work at Second City Ooh. that day. Oh my God, yes. It was all in the same day. It was terrible. Oh. So basically, I'm celebrating my birthday. I think I had just turned 28, 27, 28, whatever. And I'm like, oh man, my friends wanted to take me out to, uh, before I had to go to work. And so I'm like, okay, I have to be at work at 6.30. I can't get down, down. So we go to this nice place where my friend was working. She gave me a Kalanapin and things started feeling kind of, woo, Lord. Yeah. And I'm like, I had to go downstairs uh, to where the bathrooms were. And so... I'm starting to wobble a little bit and so I get really wobbly and then I try coming upstairs and my legs just gave out and everyone in the restaurant's like oh my god and I'm just like oh no and it's the middle of the afternoon yeah, yeah it's yeah. like 5 30 okay oh my god you've <laughs> got I'm work in an hour like, and I'm like oh god and I, I remember everything like it was just like my body just said fuck you right. and your mind is like I you're drunk but you're balanced, but you're not, and you're feeling really funny, and you're, you're, and um, and you, in my mind, I'm like, I have to go to work, right? And well, I, and they're like, Do you need an ambulance? I'm like, No, 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 I'm fine. I gotta go to work. Wow. Go to work. It was the worst night at work. Did you? It was just ever. so busy. I couldn't remember people's tricks. Oh. I was laughing, and this is during the show. So I had a cocktail uh, during the show at Second City, and it's dark, right. and I had to remember where my maneuver was. Oh my god! And so I forgot some people's drinks. I forgot people's checks. They had to discount people because I had half the theater. And oh my I'm god! Like, Fuck. I'm like, I'm gonna get in trouble tonight. Yeah, so bad. Well, 20 milligrams of clonopin. <laughs> and two martinis would fuck up um, like a, a lar- like a large dude like a 180 pound dude yeah that would that would definitely it was not one of the the greatest hits it was right. not one of the greatest hits yeah. so they should have told I... you to take half that <laughs> happens they i mean it, when people give you pills like you just have to know your milligrams and know your dosages but i think the fact of the matter is here's the thing because at the time i was I, that was during my hey like a lot of cocaine days so mm-hmm. i guess people really mm-hmm. thought i could get down get down and i'm like i can't get down i only just like powder stuff and ecstasy right. you know your basics yeah yeah and no one ever 
anytime I would take a pill, no one ever would tell me, oh, take half. Or it wasn't like I didn't get the the, the ecstasy talk. Like, oh, just oh, take half right. of this. Yeah. Um, so the, I stopped. I really don't like to fuck with pills just because those moments. It was See, just like, pills for me are... I fuck with them the most because I know enough about pharmacology that I I know what they are. And especially if they're made by a pharmaceutical company, I know that they're not adulterated. So when you get like your little pill of Molly and it's some weird powder, like who knows what the fuck that is? It it could be anything. It could be pills that were chopped up and put it. It could be anything. Oh yeah. Whereas, and not that I'm not that I really love the pharmaceutical industry and I don't want to toot their horn, but Boy, they did a great thing with that whole benzodiazepine <laughs> family. And if I could find that naturally, I don't know if that's just marijuana. And it is. I mean, I can get very calm with marijuana. And it gives me great perspective. But, oof. <laughs> I'm telling you, that medazzling feel good. Give me a little bit of nitrous on top of that. Let's have some surgery, baby. <laughs> Let's get this shit going. Get the knives out. Chop me up. I'm excited. So that's. <laughs> I, I love drugs, though. Uh, I do. We. I think we all do. I think. I think we actually really prefer drugs over alcohol because you can moderate your drugs more. But alcohol is everywhere. It's so social. It's so social. You know, that you have to drink. <laughs> I can't go to someone's dinner party and drink water. That's stupid. Yeah, especially if you don't. Things are things are always more comfortable after a bottle of wine. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, okay, here's... We're going back to this blog. We've gone off the rails. We're going back on the rails. Back on the rails. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The New York Times is another publication not yet ready to promote changes in word uses around addiction. Just this weekend, they published a piece in their business section section entitled The Lawyer, The Addict, in which a woman described how she spent the past several years trying to understand, put together the story of her ex-husband's addiction after his tragic death. She wrote, Peter, one of the most successful people I have ever known, died a drug addict, felled by systematic bacterial infection common to intravenous users. The piece shifted between two main areas. One, her disbelief that someone like her ex-husband would use drugs or become addicted. And two, that the problematic substance use is woefully unaddressed amongst legal professionals. While her second area of focus was an important one, my concerns lie with the assumptions embedded in her first. Although it was apparent that she deeply cared about her ex-husband and saw him as a caring father, she struggled to see how he could have also have developed an addiction. He didn't fit the traditional narrative of a drug user she and others had been led to believe. He was a professional, a family man, and smart. Because of this, they never saw that he was a sensitive person working in a stressful environment who was burned out on the job and trying to find ways to cope with so many competing demands. All of this is to say that the media still has an important role to play in larger societal discourse and the choices they make can have real consequences, whether it's choice in language, phrasing, or even deciding which stories to run and how to frame them. The two stories I highlighted above both reflect the same problem we have uh, in how we represent people who use substances. We have been taught to view them as outsiders and people from whom to maintain a distance rather than people worthy of compassion and dignity. People like us. 
Oh, soft. This Why didn't they write shit like this during the crack epidemic? Yeah, this is by Sheila Vacaria. It's great. It it's, was a great article. It's so funny how people are now getting the fact of like, we, oh my gosh, drugs, we have an issue. We but have it, an but issue. it's But it's not addiction, it's mental. And then like 20 years ago, like, lock them up. Right. Destroy yeah. their families. They don't need help. Those darkies don't need help. Right. Well, and it's the, the bringing the, dr- the war on drugs back is. Oh, yeah. It's, part two. It's white. Pe- it's these old white dudes who are afraid. And they I didn't never really. never joint ever in their life. Well, I didn't even realize how terrible it was until I watched a Vice show where it was um, Hung's World and it's spelled like Huang, but I oh, can't yeah. pronounce things. I know which show you're talking and about. And he was talking to a guy who was uh, talking about the white supremacy and talking about um, how there's no, the moral majority doesn't really exist anymore because the white moral majority is now a minority and it's scaring the fuck out of them, which is why 45 is having all his crony and trying to get that 99, that 1%, keep that 1%. Yeah, those people, that's their God, man. He said everything that they wanted to hear. Lock yeah, her lock, up, build, yeah. her, build a wall. Make them slaves. Make yeah. them slaves to commerce. Make them buy things. Get those Muslims. Not buying enough. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I'm a bad American because I don't buy anything. Because people give me stuff and I survive and I try to add to the world rather than take away from it. I'm trying to add art and culture and thought and free speech and, you know, mind widening you know and also stay alive and have a good time promote entertainment and fun but I don't I don't want your commercials America I don't want your (laughs) shitty food I don't want your McDonald's I don't want your Popeyes I don't want it I don't like it (laughs) and because I'm not doing I'm no I don't want your pills I don't want to be on 12 pills I don't I'm sorry I'm not Every buying ad. in. I'm not spending money. I'm not being a good American, but I'm because trying to Because you know what's up. This ways. is the program, man. This is the Matrix. Uh, this is where everyone becomes a zombie. Yeah. And, you know, the regime begins. It's so scary. Yeah. Tomorrow. And, and, and don't pay attention to what's going on. Here's some pretty don't bright colors. Don't look at colors. the fat-ass losers and freaks. Look at me. Yeah, here's some pretty <laughs> bright colors like the Kardashians or some stupid shit. I don't think that people even watch that anymore. But There's so here's, much here's stupid shit. Here's other shit to deflect what's really going on. Don't pay attention to that. Bright yeah. colors. And, and then here's some pills, too. And then here's some pills. And, and, but keep and spending shoes, lots and lots of money. These shoes and this horrible food that we advertise. It's so bad. The yeah, so they bad. want you to buy in. Fuck that. I'm woke. I ain't, I ain't slept. <laughs> I'm woke. I'm I am not slept. <laughs> uh, we got a couple different things. Governor Christie okays racial and ethnic impact statement on legislation with minor changes. Meow. Yeah, that fat fuck. Um, He's got 15%. He has the worst... Um, uh, poll of all governors of all time. Ooh. So he's going out with a bang. Wow. 15%. <laughs> wow, that is low. That's pretty bad. That is really <laughs> low. In the state of Jersey, they that like That is really 15%. <laughs> that is low. You are closer to one. <laughs> like, seriously. Right. Oof. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, this is our last Drug Policy Alliance thing today. Uruguay, first country in the world to legally regulate marijuana. 
begins retail sales today at 719. That's actually today. International momentum to end marijuana prohibition and war on drugs continues to intensify. Today, Uruguay will begin sales of legal marijuana for adult residents. The marijuana legalization proposal was put forward by former President Jose Muica in 2012 as part of a comprehensive package aimed at improving public safety. Uruguay's parliament gave final approval to the measure in December 2013, making theirs the first country in the world to legally regulate the production, distribution, and sale of marijuana for adults. This is a historic moment, says Hannah Hetzer, senior international policy manager at the Drug Policy Alliance. In recent years, Latin American leaders have decried the staggering human, environmental, and financial costs of the war on drugs in their region. Uruguay is boldly demonstrating that concrete alternatives to failed prohibitionist policies are possible. In 2013, a broad coalition emerged to support the proposal, which included LGBTQ, women's rights, health, student, environmental, and human rights organizations, Alongside trade unions, doctors, musicians, lawyers, athletes, writers, actors, and academics, united under the campaign Regulación Responsable, wow. Responsible Regulation. The Uruguayan uh, model allows four forms of access to marijuana, medical marijuana through the Ministry of Public Health, domestic cultivation of up to six plants per household, membership clubs where 45 members can collectively produce up to 99 plants, and licensed sale in pharmacies to adult residents. Regulation will be overseen by the government's institution for, Institute for the Regulization and control of cannabis, IRCCA, sales to minors, driving under the influence of marijuana, and all forms of advertising are prohibited. Uruguay's model, we have we have so much advertising for our weed. Uruguay's model will look quite different from the eight U.S. states that have legalized marijuana, Hetzer continued. There is no one-size-fits-all marijuana legalization system. It's important for each jurisdiction to tailor marijuana regulation to their local needs and contexts, providing the world with different models to learn from. Since the bill was passed in 2013, the government has developed regulations registering domestic cultivators and membership clubs and preparing for the implementation of licensed sales in pharmacies. Two companies have received licenses to produce the marijuana sold in pharmacies, which will be available next week at $1.30 per gram. Wow. Each registered individual will be allowed to buy up to 40 grams a month. <laughs> that is so cheap. Implementing licensed sales in pharmacies took longer than anticipated due to presidential election in 2015, a delay in funding for the IRCCA and the government's commitment to moving forward cautiously. Marijuana reform gained remarkable momentum throughout the hemisphere in recent years. 29 U.S. states have legalized medical marijuana, while eight states and Washington, D.C. have legalized marijuana more broadly. Jamaica decriminalized marijuana for medical, scientific, and religious purposes. Colombia and Puerto Rico legalized medical marijuana through executive orders. Chile allows for marijuana cultivation for oncology patients. Mexico recently passed a medical marijuana bill a year after their Supreme Court ruled that prohibition of marijuana for personal consumption is unconstitutional. And Canada is set to become the next country to fully legalize marijuana. Wow. Yay. In this side of the world. That's awesome. It's all good stuff. Drug policy. Until dun 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 dun. 
45 and them boys coming. Fuck your weed party up. Yeah. Pew, 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 yeah. pew, pew. Big, big, pew. I mean, that, big wall. But that's awesome, pew, pew. Uruguay. You yeah. know, that's pretty cool. I didn't realize as many countries on this side of the world. Well, I want to visit there. I heard that it's like a really inexpensive vacation destination. And it's really beautiful. It's supposedly like this very untapped, very awesome, very gorgeous place. I just want to go to South America, period. I've never been. I want to go anywhere. Yeah. I'm actually taking this uh, taking this show on the road for my comedication is going to be in October. Hey. I'm going to be going all over the United States. I don't know yet if you're a comedian out there and I've ever given you a set. Uh, hey, back me up. Actually, there's a guy this week who's here. You're Byron Sadiq is from New York City and I'm going to be like, dude, hook me up in October. Dude, that's going to be cool. Yeah, so Pam's def- World or you American Tour. It's wow. gonna be like Calling Back Favors Tour 2017. Uh, so Get I put out stuff van. to I put out stuff to everybody who's been part of the comedy festival, and I'm like, I'm coming to your town. I'm coming to your town. But I'm definitely gonna visit Steve Poggi. Kind of the uh, yeah, yeah, the idea the idea is to fly to St. Louis and then do some shows with Poge while Jonathan buys a truck out there because we think it's going to be cheaper oh, it is. to buy a truck in St. Louis. It is. And then we drive it around. And then Do we it. drive it back. I think the taxes will be lower too. Yeah. So we get it there and then we drive it back across the country. And we do my tour on the way back. So I think that I think that I'm going to not do the East Coast because we, if we're already in St. Louis, we need to be Midwest and then this way. So oh, so you're Den- I've never done Denver, goes west. but wow. I've never done I've never done Texas, and I know people in Texas. I've go never done Colorado. You have to. Go. I have friends in Indiana. Yeah, you're going, but you're going back the other way well I'm gonna be you know but I think I want to hit Texas I really don't understand what the map of the United States looks like so oh dude you need to go (laughs) (laughs) so it's we'll figure it out let me help you out so what you could do is drive to St. Louis go to Chicago hit Michigan hit uh, Wisconsin come back down Minnesota is pretty dope well but I only have people I have a person in Wisconsin and I have See that's the thing is I've got to go where I get the where I get the shows. Ah, so then hit those. Okay, so then. So I know I'm gonna go to St. Louis because I know I can be at the Funny Bone with Steve, and I know I'm gonna hit Indiana because I've so got Patrick let's, Fowler let's, let's and I've Chicago. got. I can. Oh, you can get me up in Chicago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my best friend Rena Com is a big time comedian down uh, back home. Sweet. Yeah. So. It's gonna absolutely. be October, and so I'm gonna be going around with the new flyers that are going to be promoting um, us as a comedy station and then also with the submissions. So I'm going to be all over the country and giving out those cards do to that. all the comedians and be like, apply for my festival, apply oh, for my dude. festival. Do your Midwest to uh, West tour. Yeah, Midwest West. Yeah. Midwest West calling back totally favors. I would totally do that and then, you know, hit Wisconsin like you said um, and then go back down south. Keep going. You know, you're going to, if you know, if you know, if, you know people in Wisconsin, you said so come back down you can hit st louis again if you want and then go down and then you know you pass through like maybe a little bit of kansas a little bit of uh, oklahoma go to texas like you said yeah, if you want to go to texas. arkansas 
Louisiana. Well, I definitely want to hit San Diego and LA too because oh, I've yeah. never done LA and I have a lot of people in LA now who are like, yeah, I'll get you stuff. So I'm like, all right. Oh, yeah. Dude, you should. And then all the way back up from California. I mean, I can hit a bunch yeah. of things. Go back up to, and then you can go to Denver, hit Denver, come back, and there's that route. Well, we're, it, basically, it has to do with if, hopefully, Jonathan, work this works out. I mean, he just ha- he'd have to take three weeks off with me too but that's the thing we fly out visit poach get the car and then drive around and then come back here and you know make it be a three-week trip yeah dude see and i can write it all off on the taxes because it's for the station and right. it's for comedy so i that is that sounds really like a great trip yeah it yeah be fun. yeah especially for three weeks you could yep, be ready gonna, to come home though yeah, I'm gonna be ready. <laughs> but I'm, I'm i'm excited i think it's gonna work that's out it's gonna be awesome we're going to get to gnarl pro-choice news because abortions are important. Let's see what they have here. We've got so-called pro-life GOP is, again, pushing legislation that could leave people to die. Let's read that one. That sounds like fun. Thanks, Narl. Go give them money. But before you give them money, give us money. Go to mutinyradio.fm and press that donate button. Please. Please. It's only $5. Come on. Uh Elise Hoag, president of Gnarl Pro-Choice America, released the following statement in response to the GOP's latest healthcare proposal. Yet again, the so-called pro-life GOP, today led by Donald Trump and Ted Cruz, is pushing legislation that could leave people quite literally to die. Gnarl members won't stand for that. We know that women need access to Planned Parenthood, yet this bill blocks it. Moms need maternity coverage, and this bill puts it at risk. Families need Medicaid and affordable health insurance, but the GOP proposal guts the coverage they rely on to access life-saving care. Bottom line, forcing women and families to pay more for less coverage is insane and will leave millions of Americans scrambling to pay for care while getting sicker in the process. This bill is a disaster and far worse than their last bill. Mm. Well, thanks, Lise. That sounds very hopeful. Yay. Well, you know, the health care bill uh, died last night. Um, oh, yeah. I heard yeah. about that, which is great. It's so funny. Someone, I think it was Stephen Colbert that, uh, maybe it wasn't him, but he was talking about um, how, you know, the it, it's almost like a zombie movie. It's, yeah. You can't kill it. It just keeps coming back alive because and it's, it's just getting worse yeah, and worse. Well, let's talk about this. Um, yeah. Trump says Democrats scream death as Obamacare dies. <laughs> Announces lunchtime. Yeah. And he's such a pile of shit. I hate this guy. Trump promises GOP healthcare bill will get even better at lunchtime while Democrats scream death as Obamacare dies. <laughs> You cannot make this shit up. No, you can't do this it. This is like, it's... this is a for real reality show. President Donald Trump took to Twitter on Wednesday because he's the fucking president. I can't <laughs> tell you guys enough. He tweets like a 12-year-old girl. Wait a minute. Stop it. You're the fucking president. You have to see what he did uh, yesterday uh, or the day before. Go through this story okay. and then I get it. To, oh, there's. So- I, I just don't even pay attention. I'm just it's, too busy getting so drunk funny. and doing comedy. Uh, took to Twitter on Wednesday morning like a 12-year-old girl to say the c- crumbling Republican health care bill would improve by lunchtime and to attack Democrats for their defense of the Affordable Care Act. I will be having lunch with the White at the White House today with Republican senators concerning health care. They must keep their promise to America, Trump tweeted. 
like a 12-year-old girl. <laughs> in an attempt to revive the seemingly dead Senate health care bill, the Better Care Reconciliation Act, BCRA, Better Care Reconciliation Act. You fucking what? That sounds piles fucking retarded. <laughs> Fuck you. Can the, can't people be healthy? No, we got to keep them sick so we can make money off them. Trump invited the entire Senate Republican conference to the White House for a luncheon. Great. So they just took the money from the Affordable Care Act and they spent it on a White House luncheon. <laughs> Fucking assholes. Well, we wanted to have the lobster rolls, you know, but we could only get the scallops at $27 a pound. They're free-range scallops from the sea. The BCRA collapsed Monday as moderates and conservatives said they would oppose the bill, leaving it without enough support to pass. A pivot to a repeal-only strategy as opposed to the BCRA's simultaneous repeal and replacement of Obamacare also fell apart Tuesday after three GOP senators came out against the idea. This is the second time that Trump has brought all GOP senators to the White House and the first time after the BCRA was originally stalled in late June. What you mean? Because he's like bribing them with a delicious lunch? What's he going to put in the water? He's going to put like some weird drug in the water. So they're all like, I hate poor people. Despite this, Trump said in a subsequent tweet that the lunch will be a fruitful one and took shots oh at Democrats. God. Well, there won't be any fruit there because he really no. loves McDonald's. The Republicans. And steaks with, steaks with ketchup, too. Oh, God, that's, that's so movie. gross. That's gross. That's so horrible. The, the child it's, food. It's, you're putting sugar on your steak. The Republicans never discuss how good their health care bill the Republicans never discuss how good their health care bill is, and it will get even better at lunchtime, the president tweeted. The Dems scream death as O'Care dies. <laughs> On Tuesday, Trump said his plan after the Republican failure was to let Obamacare fail and then force Democrats to the negotiating table. According to a report from the Kaiser Family Foundation, a nonpartisan health policy think tank. The Obamacare individual insurance exchanges are actually close to profitable for most participating insurance companies and are likely to stabilize unless Trump sabotages them. It's interesting. Democrats have said the biggest threat to the future of the Obamacare markets is Trump himself, since he can stop critical cost-sharing reduction payments or direct the IRS to stop enforcing the individual mandate. Either move would be crippling to the marketplaces, experts say. His own worst enemy. And ours. <laughs> so what did what was this? What did okay. he act like a twelve-year-old so, girl? So this week was supposed to start Made in America Week. I swear to God. M A I D or Made M A D M A M A. So it's not for Mexican maids that want to be legalized. It's not. Has nothing to do with Jennifer Lopez. Okay. No, she's Puerto Rican. No. So basically, it was to advertise like all the American. Brands and what have you, and it's 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 just a horrible idea because none of his products are made here. Well, the exception of the uh, Make America 2017 Made in America Festival. Yes, yes, it's the best. And you see this by Budweiser. You see 2017 Made in America Festival by Budweiser. Wait a minute, drink shitty beer. Tickets available now. (laughs) You wait, you see. Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh no, no. 
Uh, Trump, do Trump made in America. Okay. Oh, that's the festival in Philadelphia. This is a festival. This is Jay Z. Yeah, that's the Jay Cole, the Chainsmokers. I would love to go to that festival. Anyway. Marshmallow Migos, Solange. Solange Migos. Little Dragons. Oh, I love Little Dragons. Run the Jewels. <laughs> Cascade. Cascade. I'm such an idiot. Cascade. Cascade. Twenty One Savage. Sampha. Cash Cash. I've never even heard of half these people. Rehab. Push a T. He's dope. Vic Mensa. I oh, yeah, but had no idea who any of those people are. That's amazing. Okay, so that's not what we want, but no, that sounds like fun. It's uh, Philadelphia, September 2nd and 3rd. Uh, <laughs> it's Trump made, made in America week. Um, but basically, there's a photo of him hop all day on Monday instead of working on health care. Mm-hmm. He was like playing cowboys and fire trucks, firefighters. Like there's a picture of him, a grown ass seventy year old, seventy one year old man, in a fire truck for a photo. Mm. Uh, are, did the photo show that? Uh, yes, Trump's Made in America Week highlights products <laughs> made in the U.S. And uh, his products, the majority. Of oh, this are- is awful! The White House is showcasing products that are made in the USA this week, drawing an unintended contrast with the Trump Organization's own practices of making products overseas. <laughs> uh, this is great. This is a transcript. Audie Cornish host. Gibson guitars, Skorsky helicopters, and Stetson cowboy hats. Those are a few of the American-made products showcased at the White House today. The Trump administration's trying to highlight domestic manufacturing, even though Trump's own businesses are heavily reliant on imports. NPR's Scott Horsley joins us now from the White House. Hey there, Scott. Hi, Audie. So this is, as the administration calls it, Made in America Week. How did they kick it off? Horsley. They are spotlighting one manufacturer from each of the 50 states. So they hosted a sort of red, white, and blue expo here at the White House with products stretching from the South Lawn outside, inside of the Blue Room and the East Room. Utah and Virginia were both represented by flag makers. Wait a minute. That's only 50 products. It's only 50 products. <laughs> he had state of Massachusetts. Horseshoes. Laughter. Horsley. Are you kidding me? This is real. Horsley. <laughs> Trump, who's fond of heavy equipment, climbed up on a fire engine from Wisconsin <laughs> as he signed a proclamation declaring this Made in America Week. President Donald Trump. We want to build, create, and grow more products in our country using American labor, American goods, and American grit. Horsley. The president says that... Uh, that way, both the profits and the jobs from factory sales remain in this country, Cornish. Now, even though the president talks a lot about buying American and hiring American, there's been a lot of reporting about whether the Trump organization as a business follows that ethos, right? I mean, what more do you know, Horsley? Well, the clothing line to which the president has attached his name is largely manufactured overseas. It's also true of Ivanka Trump's line of clothes and accessories. Trump was quizzed about this on CNN all the way back in 2015, and he made no bones about it. Trump, I talk about my ties in, unidentified man, right, speeches. You know, I'm open. I say my ties many times are made in... Not all of them, by the way, but a lot of them are made in China because they've manipulated their currency to such a point that it's impossible for our companies to compete. 
<laughs> now, Trump has since acknowledged that China is no longer manipulating its currency, but that hasn't really changed the landscape. There is one apparel maker on display at the White House Expo today, Campbellsville Apparel from Kentucky. They make t-shirts and other products for the military and now sell to the general public as well. You know, according to the tracking company Import Genius, which monitors shipping containers, the Trump Organization often looks overseas when stocking the president's hotels and his golf courses, and he hires overseas as well. The president's Florida resort, Mar-a-Lago, relies on immigrant labor for what Trump says is seasonal work. And just today, the Homeland Security Department announced its okaying 15,000 more of those temporary H. To be visas for other employers. That's a 25% increase. Cornish. Now, the showcase at the White House is obviously welcome publicity, right, for the companies that are involved. But what about the manufacturing industry more broadly? I mean, what's the administration offering in the way of policy? Horsley. Yeah. The president summed up his, his agenda today. He talked about cutting red tape, which he's been doing. There's also his trade agenda. He canceled the big Asia-Pacific trade deal. Just today, the administration spelled out its goals for renegotiating NAFTA. That kind of uh, that kind of cuts both ways. It may protect some domestic industries from imports, but it would also make it harder for would-be exporters to sell products overseas. Trump also wants to boost energy production, which could help factories that use a lot of energy. And of course, he wants to cut taxes although there hasn't really been a movement on that yet. We have seen a modest jump in factory jobs this year, about 71,000 more factory jobs since the election and 41,000 more since President Trump came into office. Cornish, that's NPR's Scott Horsley at the White House. Thank you, Scott. (laughs) Good to be with you, Adi. Uh, So that was... um, NPR. NPR. That was fun. They they are really eloquent people. Aren't they? But what ridiculous... Look at all of this made in America. Ooh, is a hypocritical joke, says the Washington (laughs) Post. People aren't fucking around with this. They're not cool. They're like... They don't... uh, Yeah, he sat in a fire truck, held a beautiful baseball bat, and tried out some golf clubs. See? You have to see the pictures, though. Oh, there's one. There he is with the president, President Trump administration. He got a he got a new cowboy hat on. They make cowboy hats here, you know. Yeah. Oh, there's one of him with the fire truck, which is hilarious. I want to see the fire truck. We you know what I'll do. I'll look at the. Oh, we'll look at the pictures. There's, it's, there's it's, images. It's ridiculous. He play he played dress up while the health care bill was right. Like here he floppy. is. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, look you, over here! If, look over if here! If you guys haven't seen these photos, you have to. Here he is with a baseball just, bat. Just this is very <laughs> funny because he's got a baseball bat in his hands, like he's gonna fucking whack someone. <laughs> if just... you don't listen to me, I'll whack you. <laughs> hey, my look what happened to my homie Comey. He's not my homie he's no more. He's not my homie. <laughs> I, I hit him over the head with a baseball bat. I hit it. I did it like this. I did it like that. I did, I did it with, with a baseball. I did it with bat. a baseball bat. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He looks mean. I would not want to cross him in an alley. He's a punk have. bitch. He's a punk. He's not a fighter. He runs. That's why he sues so much. And frowns. Mm. Yeah. He talks a lot of shit. He ain't got no. He ain't got no. He ain't no brawler. You can knock the fuck out of him. I, I would fight him. I would win. Problem is that I never get to fight anybody because <laughs> I'll always get like 
the felony or the police will come for me. I know it. I, yeah, I know it. If I'm I ever, I, I don't understand how some people can just fight and nothing happens. I'm like, how did you not get arrested? Doesn't right. everybody, isn't it called assault or something? I, I'm not a fighter. I'm not. But I'm not a shit talker either. I don't see the I'm products like that made the list. Buy things, buy things. Buy. <laughs> Be a good American and buy something. This is from Fox News, so we know this is the enemy. Oh, yeah. This so, is uh, oh, this is good. Here's all of the states. I'm very excited, actually. Let's read the 50 states that are, or 50 things. Alabama. All right. Altec. Founded in 1929, Alcat is a bucket truck company that delivers products and services to the telecommunications and electricity utility markets. Headquartered in Birmingham, Alabama, Altec operates in more than 100 countries. They make bucket trucks. Bucket trucks. We're going to read all 50 of these, aren't we? Bucket truck. It's a fun word to say. <laughs> bucket, bucket truck. <laughs> Alaska. The Great Alaskan Bowl Company. The Great Alaskan Bowl Company is a mill that manufactures large wooden bowls, which were often used throughout the 1800s to make bread and serve food. Each bowl takes up to six days to dry in a kiln, according to the company. Just one factory? step in a very complex a process. Bowl factory? Okay, yeah. Wooden bowl factory. Yes. <laughs> Arizona Ping Golf. Based in Phoenix, Arizona, Ping Golf is an American golf club manufacturer that was founded in 1959 by a former General Electric engineer who started the business by making clubs in his garage. Bing! Bing. Golf. Heard about them. Yes. Arkansas, Hydrol. One of the most recognized names in the conveyor belt industry, Hydrol has been in the business for more than 60 years. Conveyor belts. Arkansas makes conveyor belts. I want to hear about refrigerators and shit. How about California? What do you think California is? Weed. No. I wish. (laughs) It's even better. The California Wine Institute. On behalf of the Golden State, the California Wine Institute, the largest advocacy and public policy association for California wine, will be at the White House Monday. This group is no stranger to D.C. It makes annual trips in order to keep wine on the national agenda. Okay, that's not a real fact. It's not a real... Well, we make so much wine that we in California. I mean, it's something that's made in America. We make so much that they're saying, well, you can't just have Robert Mondavi come. Right, that's not no, I, I, I get that, but aren't there other things? I mean, I'm looking for like technology. Sure, oh, absolutely. Stuff. You know, yeah. I'm looking for mm-hmm. stuff. A fucking wooden ball. That wooden ain't nothing. <laughs> Colorado. Gordon Signs. For more than 100 years, Colorado based Gordon Signs has been providing neon signs to businesses and locations, <laughs> including Sports Authority Field at Mile High, where the Denver Broncos play. So, neon signs. Okay. Connecticut. Skakorsky. uh, Aircraft manufacturer Skakorsky, a division of Lockheed Martin, is known for the production of the Black Hawk helicopter. Skakorsky claims to have built the world's first practical flight helicopter in 1939. That's pretty cool. That's a thing. By the way, how come, um, not to cut you off, but why, okay, they're only showing 50 products. Why couldn't they do list all the products that were made in America? Like, we still don't know. I mean, Oh, we still don't I'm, know, no. Yeah. Oh, that, wouldn't that be great? Oh, that would have been nice. I mean, Just to list them all. Just say all these places. It wouldn't be that hard to find exactly, out. Exactly. Rather, I mean, We have 50, 50 products ain't shit. Yeah, it's true. Uh, 
ILC Dover LP. ILC Dover LP is a manufacturing company that uses high-performance, flexible materials to create innovative products. It has been involved in space development and production programs since the 1960s and has supplied all the spacesuits for NASA since Apollo. That's Delaware. That's Delaware. Me. Florida. Tervis. Meth. A Florida-based Tervis <laughs> makes tumbler cups, which insulate drinks and maintain temperatures for extended periods of time. Drinking. <laughs> the third-generation family-owned company employs 900 people. Oh, this is terrible. Georgia. Chick-fil-A. Oh, are you serious? Well-known, yeah, well-known gay-hating restaurant Chick-fil-A <laughs> has more than 2,100 restaurants across 46 U.S. states. Chick-fil-A is known for its chicken breast sandwiches, oh, a recipe God. the company said it perfected in 1964. Oh, okay. I do like Chick-fil-A. I've never eaten a Chick-fil-A. It's Are they really delicious? It's really good, yeah. Mm. It, they used to be better, though. Now that they're, since they're a big major chain, it's went downhill. Um, this is a good one. Hawaii, Koloa Rum Company. Koloa Rum uses Hawaiian sugarcane to make premium rum. Mm. The company is relatively new. It bottled its first batch of rum in September 2009. You have all the things you could get from Hawaii. How did they choose them? You could have been like macadamia nuts. You could have been like dole. <laughs> that's from mexico uh dole's from mexico really? yeah pineapple see there we go uh you know colin holtz used to have a great joke where he'd go i don't know i get your canadian bacon off my hawaiian pizza i'm gonna have to dole out the punishment uh, ha, ha. Uh, uh, that's funny idaho boise cascade company uh wood potatoes. products <laughs> i wish potatoes they do make potatoes there but uh engineered wood products uh, uh, Illinois Caterpillar. Well oh yeah, known. Caterpillar's a Makes big sense. one. Yeah. Indiana Broomcorn Johnny's. Hmm. Craft broom making company. Christ. <laughs> Seriously, Indiana Broomcorn Johnny's. Craft broom making company Broomcorn Johnny's makes they each of said, its. They could have said Angie's list. That's where she started. I well, there you go. Well, th- this is unique brooms by hand. <laughs> So that's what they do in Indiana. <laughs> they should have totally Jones. said Angie's List. Yeah. They, yeah. Stupid. Iowa. RMA Armament. Uh, they make bar- body armor. That's oh. for, for cops and marine officers. Oh, and damn. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> armament. Let's burn that place. Uh, Kansas. Grasshopper com- Company. Lawnmowers. Lawnmowers. Kentucky. Campbellsville Apparel. Uh, they make products for the... Marines and the Air Force. This seems a little bit biased. Yes. Louisiana, Louisiana Marcucci, Marucci Sports, founded by two former big league baseball players and their athletic trainer more than a decade ago, Marcucci, handcrafts quality bats. Those are the bats. They made the bats. Yeah, they made the bats for, not for, for baseball, to, for no, Asby. For Asby. <laughs> Maine, Hinkley Yachts. Ooh. Will, uh, premium jet boats. Maryland. Crafts. It uh, crab pots actually, oh. the largest manufacturer of its heat crab pots. Massachusetts St. Pierre Manufacturing, uh, horseshoes. Yeah, makes horse. <laughs> Michigan Milton Manufacturing, uh, oh. Defense Auto Aerospace Heavy Truck Industries. That yeah. used to that used to be fucking car mecca, man. Uh, Minnesota Faribault Wooden Mill. It's just a mill. Oh, operated by Woolen Mill, excuse me, not Wooden, makes blankets, throws, scarves, and accessories. Um, can I, can I stop you right yeah, here? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think a lot of these people were donors? They must be. They must have given him money. Because you yeah. couldn't look at to go. 
I mean, how did they get? Well, some of them already they have government contracts, so right. it makes sense. So they might already have government Trump contracts. But I'm just thinking some of these are some of his supporters or sure. yeah, M- Mississippi Taylor Machine Works, Lift Forks and Forklifts, Missouri Beeler Corporation. It doesn't hinges hinges hinges. We used to be better than that. American Heiser Bush hinges. beer beer. Uh, Montana Sims Fishing, fishing products, neoprene waders more waterproof and a warm fishing experience. Nebraska Greater Omaha Packing oh it's a beef producer yeah um, don't eat that meat. Nevada Kimmy Candy third generation farmer Joe Dutra founded Kimmy Candy in 2000 in Sacramento California in order to create more American jobs. The company relocated to Nevada in 2005 where it has been able to expand its employee base along with international sales Candy. Thanks, Nevada. Nevada's candy. New Hampshire, Cider Belly Donuts. <laughs> really? Yeah. New Jersey, really? Campbell's Soup. Campbell's Soup. Okay. Oh, I didn't know their headquarters there. That's cool. New Mexico, Desert Plastics. High altitude airplanes, snow measurement instruments, blah, blah, blah. Oh, this is nice. New York, Steinway. Oh. Steinway Pianos. Nice. Built by hand. That's nice. Oh, cool. Uh, North Carolina. Furniture. Cheerwine. Cheerwine is the oldest family-owned soft drink company in America, according to the company. Oh. It was created by L.D. Peeler in Salisbury, North Carolina in 1917 as a solution to the limited availability of sugar during World War I. By adding cherry syrup instead of sugar, Peeler was able to replicate the sweetness of a drink with more sugar. He was a racist. <laughs> was he? I don't know. Cheerwine. I've never heard of Cheerwine. I haven't either. He's a racist. I'm just saying. North Dakota. Well, don't worry. We're almost done. North Dakota. Dakota Outerwear. This veteran-owned company is known for military clothing. Two military clothing? Jesus Christ. Ohio. Belly Tools. Farm Tools. Oh, Ohio's another one. Oklahoma. Ditchwich. Ditchwich. It's a construction, construction. equipment. Oregon. Leopold and Stevens. Uh, sporting optics. So I guess sunglasses and glasses when you are playing sports. Yeah, they were, they donate it. Pen- Pennsylvania <laughs> Ames. It's a shovels and garden tools. Another one. That's the second garden tool. They make they make hoes. But they make hoes. They, <laughs> they get. Make I want dirty hoe, baby. <laughs> um, but here's the thing. There were already another. This is so there are 50 states, but two of them are gardening tool manufacturers. Why yeah. wouldn't you have something different? Thank you. Oh, Rhode Island, Narragansett Brewing Company. Narragansett is a great fucking beer. I, I love not, Narragansett. I have, I have and it's it. all back in the, you get, East Coast. Uh, yeah, like when you're in Boston, you get a Narragansett. And oh, it's cheap and it's good. Thank uh, you. The fifth largest beer, uh, lager beer in New England. Uh, it's so funny. When I was in Boston, I drank a lot of Narragansett. And when you order that and you're from somewhere else, people go, are you, wait, you, you local? I'm like, no, no. Hi. I like how it put like a big Kool-Aid smile on your face. Oh, I, you're talking, no, I like, you're good. Like, that shit was good. It's good. It's cheap too. North Carolina, South Carolina casual cushion company. Yo, furniture. Fucking cushions. Patio furniture, replacement cushion industry. What? Furniture. Not even the patio furniture, just the replacement cushion. <laughs> South Dakota K-Bar J Leather. Leather Western cowboy chaps and chinks. <laughs> it says it. It says it. 
I think a chink is something that's not. I think it's. I think it's not a always a racial slur. No, it's not. Tennessee Gibson guitars. That makes yeah. sense. Texas Stetson hats. Oh, that's what he put on his cowboy oh, hat. Yeah. Utah Colonial Flag Company. Oh, see, that's the, they said there were two flag companies. How ridiculous is it? Colonial Flag Company from Utah, and now in Virginia, the National Flag Company. See, this Fuck is... you, Donald Trump. And let's make America made again. Made America making great. Blah, blah, blah. This is so stupid. So this all we stupid. do are we, we do shovels and garden tools and flags. flags. and We make hoes, flags. <laughs> I can't believe it. And I'm war. So, here we go. Vermont Doobie Maple family. Maple. Oh, and syrup. we like sugar. Mm-hmm. Washington. See, that's true syrup. That's the cherry shit from right, South sweet Carolina. Stuff. Sweet stuff. And then maple syrup. This Duh. is stupid. Uh, Washington Liberty Bottle Works. Sustainable, recyclable, custom designed water bottles. Okay. West Virginia, Homer Laughlin, China. China. Wisconsin, Pierce Manufacturing. State of the art fire trucks. And from Wyoming. Aviate aircraft. So three airline, but a bunch of people that make clothes for military, gardening tools, military uh, flags, aircrafts. This is so. Is that all America sugar, makes? Sugar, sugar, sugar. Um, what else did we have? We had. They threw just for uh, some recycling stuff in, right. just for the end. Um, and they only brought the winemakers on because they wanted to have them for lunch and they wanted the free wine. <laughs> With the Nebraska beef. <laughs> so here's just a list of a oh, hundred. Here are a hundred plus bands that are made in America. So there's a lot. Yeah, there's a ton of clothing. Let's see if we can find American apparel. That's nice. Uh, there's a lot. Uh, no, I don't want money in my pocket. Uh, jeans and denim. True religion is a gene? Yeah. That's a yeah. weird name yeah. for a, dream, that, for a gene. That, that used to be the shit 10 years footwear. ago. Uh, footwear, beauty and personal care, furniture, cookware and home, handbags, handbags, accessory, furniture, electronics, tools, other. Okay, so this is a big, which which were we going to be most Let's look surprised at electronics. Of? Oh, that's, okay, here we go, electronics. Everybody likes electronics. There's there's very few on that one. Furniture tools. Oh, there's only four. Audio research. Audio products. Excel, which makes hand dryers. Grado Labs, headphones and phone cartridges, and Vandersteen Audio speakers. I've never heard of any of that. Wow. Um, Everything comes from China. I guess. Um, Airstream is made here. That's nice. Crayola. Cool. Harley Davidson. Oh, Crayola. Yeah, see, they could have said Harley Davidson, Wisconsin. Right. Really? Post its. Post its. That's cool. That's cool. Stern Pinball. Uh, Vermont Teddy Bear Company. Zippo Lighters. Hell yeah. yeah. I love those. Um, this is part of America. That's cool. Well, and this will this will be an interesting Crayola? one. Just Crayola. Fuck yeah. Uh, Igloo coolers. That's nice. Oh wow. Yeah, there's a lot of Pyrex. Hey, I got some. Yeah. They're the best. Okay, so pers- beauty and personal care is not very many, but I'll run through them and see which ones you know. Okay. Anastasia Beverly Hills? Yep, uh, you know eyelashes. That? 
fake eyelashes. Is that what they are? Yeah. Clarisonic. Clarisonic, I have one. It's good to get your dry skin off. I use it every day. Huh. <laughs> Dr. Bronner's. I know that. Uh, Dr. Bronner's familiar with. Yeah. You can read his bottle forever. Footmate foot massager. Which I don't uh, know. I've seen it, but there's like off brands that say that too. So that's why I'm kind of. Jardin du Soleil. Garden of the Sun. Oh, Jardin de Soleil. Yeah, I know. Oils and soaps. Yeah, they have uh, little boutiques. I don't go in that. That shit's girly as fuck. Uh, Jordan Essentials. Uh, yes. Skincare. Lush. Makeup. Uh, Lush is shampoo. awesome. Are they? Yeah. Merle Norman. Merle, Merle Norman, Norman is, is old. old. Old school. That's old. Is that shit still around? I'm going to click on it in a My second. My grandmother used to wear that shit. Portland General Store. That's grooming products for men. SW Basics. And Tom's of Maine. Tom's. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. It's, we're going to click on Merle Norman because oh it's, they still God. exist. Wow. wow. And looking super plastic, but very... And that's funny. They have a really young face, which is not what I would think with Merle Norman. Wow. wow. I have not seen before a- and after. Wow. Way to slut it up. <laughs> wow. No, wait, no Avon? No, I don't think Avon is American. Let's check Avon. Wow. That's disappointing. How American can you get? Avon, Avon American made, made. Nope. It's China manufacturing. Oh. Well, wow. That just breaks my heart. Avon manufactures many cosmetic products in China. An Avon-owned and operated facility. Wow. Wow. That's disappointing. Yeah, it sure is. Um, and it's funny because it's the company for women. They won't let gay men sell their product. No. Or no, no, no. That's, oh, that's um, not Mary that's Kay. Mary Kay. Wait, Mary Take up your not... pants and put on your skirt. It's Mary Kay time. Let's go to work. Mary Let's look Kay's, up Mary Kay and see they're if they're... Uh, and that's very American. I thought that was from Texas. Mary Kay. They used to be. They used to make their. I believe they used to make their stuff in Texas. They or they started in Texas. Mary Kay. It was based in Addison, outside Texas. Uh, they have a factory in Neuchâtel, Switzerland, and oh. South America, and Dallas, Texas. Um, oh, so they. So they they got they got big. They went all over the world. I want to see they if they have there. Yeah, they still they still do. Um, recruiting commission and earnings. Wow, they it's kind of like is it? It's not a it's not a pyramid scam though, is it? It kind of is. No. You have to buy it to sell it. It's like Avon it's, ladies, you know. But the thing is, you had a fucking catalog, and Mary Kay is not good for colored people's skin. I just want to let y'all know that shit. With the, Shit was gross. Yeah, um, animal testing. They a moratorium on animal testing. That's nice. I just want to know like their thing. Take off your pants and put on your skirt. It's Mary Kay time. Let's go to work. I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> uh, it's because I went. Uh, You've been to a Mary Kay party. I went before. to one. Yeah, at, to to be like, because my friend was doing it, and and that's when I asked them, and I said, "Can you?" Because my gay friend, I thought. How perfect. Um, he is a drag queen and he, that would not be great, you know? Um, and they said, no. Mary Kay lesson learned life distractions. Come on, tell me to take off your pants and put on your skirt. You're really looking for I'm it. I'm really looking for it. I want, no, God first. Um, God first, family second, career third. 
Does that really say that? Yeah, it's a, another one of the things that made me less than super ecstatic about Mary Kay is that it's a Christian-based company. Oh, yeah, it is. God first, family second, career third. They would repeat ad nauseum. Uh, if you know me, you know I'm not religious. I can overlook and ignore them saying, I can achieve any goal God puts in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I want to know, like, that it's this its this great quote with this take off your pants and put on your skirt. It's Mary Kay time. Let's go to work. Because it's, like, so funny. Um, here's your... Oh, no. So it's that's fucking SoundCloud. I can't find it. Take off your pants podcast. That's like a. Uh, take off your pants and jacket is a studio album by Blink. Twenty. I'm gonna do. I I really want to fucking find it, but I can't. Um. Anyways, Mary Kay. Mary is, Kay. I mean. Uh, yeah. I makeup. <laughs> What's your favorite kind of makeup? Uh, it ain't made in America. <laughs> what? What? Um, yeah. I like, uh, well, no, I like Bobby Brown and uh, Lancome because I used to work oh, with them. Oh, right. Yves Saint Laurent, Chanel. See, I only, uh, when I Urban used to, Decay. when I used to have makeup or when I used to, all the makeup that. Sephora, if I'm poor. Is that, is it cheaper? Yeah. There? Everything I've gotten has been like a gift, like a free gift from someone else and then they gave it to me or like old, you know, when you go to Clinique or, I mean, it's been the free, years. The free gifts. Right. So. But I don't have any, like, I have this little tiny pack of makeup that was, someone gave it to me on the street. <laughs> and you took it? Yeah, absolutely. It's no. like, it's called like Just For Me or something like that. It's this little, <laughs> and it's got colors and stuff. I just, I never wear makeup. The only base I wear though, if I wear any base, it's usually um, from Neutrogena because I get it for free when I go to the dermatology oh, no, conferences. The so I, yeah, so I put on the... But I like never wear. I never even wear base anymore. Oh, I, I the base is important for me. I just and I you know what when I do wear it, it evens out my skin tone and people think I look like a totally different person. But whatever, whatever. I'm not. I don't even. Are you gonna? I'm not. I don't even know. I think I want to do comedy tonight. I think. <laughs> I seriously. I I did. Last night was I was there all night at hosting. Do you need a break? Is that what you say? I don't know. I mean, I've had some really great sets lately. I had a great set on Sunday. Uh Um, Joke Workshop was really fun on Monday. Yesterday I hosted Brainwash. It was a great time. I just had a nice run. I've had a good run. I I just don't feel. I kind of like to like just chill out and get really nice dinner with Jonathan or something. And what's wrong with that? But he's gonna want to go to Bender's and then. Well, I get a four. I mean, I'm done here with the kids at six today. So, what'll probably happen is that I'll go to Bender's and then we'll hang out there. And then he'll go, Well, don't you want to go to Brainwash? And I'll be like, Ugh. And then you get talked into it. But I really don't because I, I was at Brainwash last night all night and I drank so many beers. You, you just want to chill tonight. Say that then. But I mean, then I feel guilty like if I, I like don't hit, I was like, Oh, but I, you know, I could do Eagle, and but I, it doesn't matter. Do Take I need a to do? break. I know, I kind of want a break. I kind of want to not. If, the, if your body's break. even saying that, you're like, uh, yeah, maybe I just need to chill tonight and I can go back out tomorrow. Right. Yeah. After my. T- so tomorrow I get to go in. I've been. I totally made a mistake and double booked. I thought I was babysitting at night, uh-huh. but I guess it was from. It was during the day, and I fucked up. Um. But I have a, I have an ultrasound on my kidney tomorrow at eleven. Oh. 
it's so finally I've been waiting for like four months for this appointment oh my goodness and so right so tomorrow I'm gonna go in and be like can we are we gonna find something wrong with me again are we gonna find walking pneumonia or cysts or a baby how's that been for you you know every once in a while it hurts um but I mean, I just want them to diagnose something. Right. Like, what is it that I need to do? Or, or tell me. Just tell me to stop drinking IPA. Like, if a doctor would say, you know, you say you drink a lot of IPA. Yeah, IPA is worse for your kidney or something like that. Like, Or if I wish they'd say, like, if they said the alcohol is affecting your kidney, you need to stop. I would. But yeah. until a doctor tells me that that's the problem, I'm not going to stop. Right. <laughs> I guess it's... it's I. I'm kind of hard hit it like that. <laughs> right. And, and the, thing is, the thing is, it's just like, you know, I, I even know I haven't, I haven't had a drink since Sunday. So, wow. you know, and I'm not drinking today either. Cause I don't, I just don't feel like it. Yeah. Good for you. And that's why I stayed in yesterday. Like I wanted to like go and I was afraid to like, cause I usually don't have Tuesdays off. Right. Um, but I didn't want to drink and I knew if I would have want went anywhere, I would have had a drink someplace. Right. So. That's what I feel sometimes too. I'm like, if I go out, I'm going to drink. I'm going to lock myself in. So, Cutco's made in America too. Ooh, But nice. my question is, I always thought that Cutco was also like a, um, what's it called? A pyramid scheme. Really? Because don't you become like a Cutco, I mean, I Because they don't have a store. They just had the, uh... What are those used to be called? Catalogs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. I couldn't remember piece, what catalogs are. Two piece gift set from Costco. Uh, not from Costco, from Cutco. Cutco. Actually, and Cutco Knives, this is funny. They were at Costco the other day, and that's why I'd. How much were they? There are no prices here. I'll go oh, there, to there's, it says Santoku style appetizer set in gift box, $147. I wish I could spend money like that on knives. That's a lot. That's a lot on knives, I guess. But that's for some good shopping. Yeah. Or if someone wants to fuck with me. <laughs> I know. I have. I have my really good Japanese knives. No, I don't. I don't. I don't want you anymore. No free. No, thank you, Cutco. <laughs> uh, they're made. made I, I'm just surprised all the things that are made in America. See, this list is so much better. Yeah. Than hose. Than the ridiculous things they chose. Hose and flags and God, how. Just there's a lot of I'm surprised there's so much furniture that's made here oh yeah well I think the Carolinas are notorious for they have a lot of furniture companies California house who are they do they make patios uh game room and home theater furniture that's interesting they make like game tables and stuff shuffleboard tables pub tables interesting all made in America pool tables that's pretty cool yeah it's uh if you have a little extra cash to spend you know get you yeah. one of these that well, was free advertising so my my um my uncle he when i was little i remember him being a, it was he was a big republican and cadillac he only bought cadillac cars because i guess they're made in america right it's american cards they're american staple g i think uh, it'll be under GM now, or maybe Cadillac official site. They're they're made in America, I believe. Right. But that was his thing. He was always like, "I will spend extra money if it's American because I believe in buying American." 
And I was always like, oh, right, like, okay. Um, but I remember him being like serious about craft. Here we go, craftsmanship. We'll see if it's all American made. <laughs> I don't think you all. My um, grandfather was kind of like that about American cars in general. Um, and I remember when my mom got her Audi, my grandfather was like, and that was my mom's first non-American car. She's like, I'm done with Fords. Oh. You know, she, she, she uh, when I was a kid, she had a Mercury that died. Um, and then she had another Mercury. That one died. Um, then she had a uh, Ford Tempo off the lot, brand new. That lasted a year. Oof. And then she got a Ford Thunderbird. That lasted two years. And that was new. And, and it just she, fell apart? Yeah, like it was a lemon? Yeah. Yeah. These were just, they were shit. And these cars were like either a year or off the lot. Huh. So she's like, fuck this. Uh, no, she got a, uh, excuse me, she got an Acura Legend first. And then she got a, a fancy Honda. And a, um, what was that? An Audi. And my grandfather did not like the fact she was never buying American again. It was like, you know. I, I understand what your uncle's saying. Here's to say. the seven best cars made in America. What they say. They better not say Ford. Those I think they're going to. The Ford F-150. <laughs> well, trucks. Ford trucks are good. Ford trucks. Chevrolet Corvette. Yes. I love Corvettes. Ford Exposition. Expedition. No, I hate those cars. They're too Honda CRV. That's made what? in a, the U.S. The United States. The totally redesigned 2017 CRV tops reviewers' rating, ratings as the compact SUVs and ties for ninth on the Made in America list. Wow, I like those. I like Hondas. They don't die. Toyota Camry. Oh. Toyota's are made. One of the top-selling cars. Oh, in America. Oh, this is a made in America. No, it this says is- made in the USA. Seven of the best cars made in the USA. Oh. Which when, is crazy. When did Toyota get a factory? I must. That must have been, I don't know, whatever. That's cool. Chevrolet Camaro. And Mansion Camaro. Toyota Avalon. Wow. I didn't wow. realize Toyotas were made here. Um, mystery over boys opioid death. That's going to be, that's on CSNBC Live right now. Christ. <laughs> I mean, little, yeah, but we're constant. Opioids are every everything. Uh, it, uh, we're we're all in crisis. Yeah, there's an opioid crisis. Uh, boy, death. We're we're moving on to the next story. Yeah, we're going. But yeah, we those cars are powerful major. opioids suspected in ten year old boy's death. Whoa. I may have died after. Wow. Powerful opioids suspected in 10-year-old's boy's death. Suspected. Miami. Goddamn ratchet-ass Florida. I know. They're just the worst. Uh, A 10-year-old boy from a drug-ridden Miami neighborhood apparently died of a fentanyl overdose. Oh, no. Last month. Becoming one of Florida's littlest victims of the opioid crisis, authorities say Tuesday. But how he came in contact with the powerful drug is a mystery. Fifth grader Alton Banks died June 23rd after a visit to the pool in the city's Overtown section. He began vomiting after he came home and was found unconscious that evening. Preliminary toxicology tests showed he had fentanyl in his system, authorities said. We don't believe he got it at his home, Miami-Dade State Attorney Catherine Fernandez-Rundle said. 
It could be as simple as touching it. It could have been a towel at the pool. She added, we just don't know. The case is underscored how frighteningly prevalent fentanyl has become and how potent it is. Exposure to just tiny amounts can be devastating. I know it's transdermal. <laughs> Rundle said, this is a very, very scary time for all of us. CBS Miami reports, it appears that he somehow came in contact with fentanyl and heroin mixture. And if that's the case, it's everybody's worst nightmare, Rundle said. Investigators say Alton may have been exposed to the drug on his walk home in Overtown, a poor crime-ridden neighborhood where Assistant Miami Fire Chief Pete Gomez said he had seen a spike in overdoses in the past year where needles sometimes litter the streets. There's an epidemic, Gomez said. Overtown seems to have the highest percentage of where these incidents are occurring. Alton's mother told CBS Miami that she is devastated. She said he wanted to be an engineer and loved the Carolina Panthers and Cam Newton. I know, black quarterback. Detectives are still trying to piece together the boys' final day. Rundle appeared to the public for information. This is of such great importance. We need to solve this case, she said. I believe this may be the youngest victim of this scourge in this community. The boys' mother, Chantel Banks, was informed of the preliminary findings last week. A distraught Banks told the Miami Herald that her son was a fun kid who wanted to become an engineer and loved the NFL's Carolina Panthers. Jesse Davis, who lives in an apartment house next to the building where Alton lived, said her grandchildren, ages 8, 9, and 10, regularly make the same walk to the nearby park and swimming pool. She said she initially thought the pool water made Alton sick and was shocked by news reports that he had been exposed to fentanyl. Where would a 10-year-old baby get something like that, Davis said. Thinking about her own grandchildren going to the pool, Davis said, I'm going to tell them, don't touch nothing. I don't know whether they think it's candy, but somebody needs to tell these kids something. I don't know how you just... How, I know you just... I know how you just, by touching contract or whatever, you, we need to know more. Um, fentanyl is a synthetic painkiller that has been in use for decades to treat cancer patients and others with severe pain through use of a patch. But recently it has been front and center in the U.S. opioid abuse crisis because it's 50 times stronger than heroin. Perhaps best known as the drug that killed pop star Prince, it is many times stronger than heroin and is often mixed with heroin by dealers. It's heroin laced with fentanyl, and that's what's killing people. Palm Beach State Attorney Dave Arenberg said in a recent interview. No, it's not. It's just the fentanyl. Fentanyl <laughs> is so powerful that some police departments have warned officers not to even touch the drug. Last year, three police dogs in Broward County got sick after sniffing the drug during a federal raid, Whoa, officials said. Damn. You never... Uh, Gomerall, Gomez said his crews wear protective clothing, including long sleeves, coveralls, gloves, and masks while hand- handling fentanyl. You never want to start reaching into people's pockets, he said, adding that crews often cut people's pockets open for fear of pricking themselves with needles. The Florida legislature addressed the epidemic, passing a law that imposes stiff minimum mandatory sentences on dealers caught with four grams or 0.14 ounces or more of fentanyl or its variants. The law also makes it impossible to charge dealers with murder if they provide a fatal dose of fentanyl or drugs missed with fentanyl. The law goes into effect October 1st. Nearly 300 overdose deaths in Miami-Dade County last year involved variants of fentanyl, according to the medical examiner's office. Statewide, fentanyl and its variants killed 853 people in the first half of 2016. Of those, only nine were under the age of 18. 
Florida, wow. the dick of the United States. That's that's terrible yeah. though. I mean, think about it though. I'm just thinking about. I don't think that kid was actually doing it or anything like that. Oh no, no. he touched some fentanyl. Th- and there it's, was it's... something. Yeah, he made contact with something. Mm-hmm. It's just going to the pool. Trouble. Yeah, it could have been. A, it could have been a patch that was at the bottom of the pool and it stuck to him or he picked it up or I mean. Yeah, like because yeah, because it kind of looks like a band aid kind of bullshit. Sure, absolutely. Oh lord! Yeah, it's uh, crazy stuff. Oh lord, that's scared. That we'll see this off. poor little kid. Um. Oh wow, they didn't. Oh, oh there he is. There he is. Uh, wow, that's that's really fucked up. Yeah. Well, it's opioid epidemic. It's everywhere, and the kid uh, was just going to the pool on a nice hot summer day. Yeah. And uh, <sighs> it's it's crazy. Well, and. I think that now even what they do is they take the fentanyl patches and then they 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 make it into a thing that you could inject it too, which is crazy. So do they like mix it as they mix it with their heroin? They mix it together like that, burn it on a spoon. Well, I don't. That's the thing is it's so much stronger and it's so much more difficult to get. It's, I mean, it's easy to get if you have a pharmacologist or you have well, cancer. They have a but lot of clinics and what have you. Like, I think in the state of Florida, they have all these like clinics you mm. can go to. Um, that's why a lot of some of these people make money. Like, ton- let me look this shit up. Yeah, this is here's another one. No, Vicodin is not the real killer in the opioid crisis. <laughs> Duh. Uh, so CNN has just figured out something that we at the council have known for years. This is the American Council on Science and Health. The narrative that opioid pills such as Vicodin, Hydrocodone, and Percocet, Oxycodone are causing addicts to drop dead left and right is absolutely false. The network just acknowledged that the pervasive and convenient belief about pills is wrong. As we have written numerous times, it is fentanyl and opiate on steroids that is the culprit. About 75% of the state's men and women who died after an unintentional overdose last year had fentanyl in their system, up from 57% in 2015. It's a pattern cities and towns are seeing across the state and country, particularly in New England and some Rust Belt states. The evidence has been clear for years. When pills become scarce, addicts turn to heroin, which now often contains fentanyl. A 2014 study found that 94% of heroin users said they switched from heroin to fentanyl. But switched to heroin because pills became far more expensive and harder to, to obtain. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's crazy how... So they, they show all the people that are, that are dead. So in 2011, only uh, five, like it's fentanyl, no other drugs, fentanyl and other drugs, including excluding heroin, heroin, no other drugs, heroin and other drugs, excluding fentanyl, heroin and fentanyl, and other opiates of, of their... Um, this is their, the overdose deaths, deaths in New Hampshire. And going from fentanyl and no other drugs, it, it like went from five to, oh, how many are in this line? 20, 45. So it went from 5% to 45%, wow. which is crazy. That's, oh, I was just looking up, um, we were talking about Miami, and they were talking about so many uh, pain clinics that mm-hmm. have opened in South Florida. Um, and let's see. And then how a lot of these pain uh, clinics in Florida um, are accepting out-of-state patients. 
Well, and how's this? How how can I get fentanyl shipped to me without a prescription? Oh God! That's a legitimate place to get fentanyl without a prescription. Such a place does Costco. not exist. Um, where to buy fentanyl online? We looked this up last time. You can buy it Costco. Costco. You can buy it everywhere. You just need the the prescription. But I mean, that's the thing is that where is everybody getting it from? I mean, they must be prescribing it. Um, the picture above shows what's really happening. In 2011, only 3% of overdose deaths in the state were due to fentanyl alone. Another 8% were from fentanyl plus another drug. Heroin, either alone or in combination with other drugs than fentanyl, was responsible for 28% of overdose deaths. But in 2016, the story was very different. Fentanyl alone caused 27% of overdose deaths. Overdose deaths, And when combined with other drugs, that number became 70%. During this time, the incident of heroin-related deaths, excluding fentanyl, plummeted from 28% to 3%. Within just five years, the two drugs traded places. The magnitude of this change reflects the extent of penetration of fentanyl into the U.S. And at least in New Hampshire, fentanyl has essentially wiped out the heroin market. God damn. Right? The pills kill narrative we constantly hear is false. At least in New Hampshire, pills are not the main problem. Fentanyl is, which became popular only after the pills were harder to get. As good an example of the law unintended consequences as you'll ever see which makes me wonder if the state should change its motto live pill free or die <laughs> the state false narrative narrative about the dangers of opioid pills has us looking at the wrong villain and the consequences of this error are terrible people with legitimate need for pain drugs are terrified about being cut off from their medicines while the real monster just sits and laughs at us which is fentanyl wow I know. And that's it's crazy. And every time I think fentanyl, I think about that story you told me about the time you did it, I and tried. I'm like, it was awful. It does not seem appetizing to me one bit. If you really have pain, like daddy touched me pain, or like high school rape pain, it's of course crime your rivers happening in the back. <laughs> but I can understand how, you know heroin and fentanyl could be attractive if you've got hard and if you know if alcohol doesn't work for you yeah because it's definitely not a party drug i like to party right but it's <laughs> it's for people who have either like actual pain or like emotional pain that's just so debilitating issues, right just huge huge deep issues pain i can see how like being completely out of it could be great because you just you well, feel floating and you don't care. You're put like, this into perspective. Uh, this is why a lot of people who are have who are part of the opioid crisis, a lot of them, um, in some of these communities, especially rural, are don't have jobs. Trump supporters. <laughs> um, there is there was like there was some article I read in Huff, Huffington Post after the election how they were talking about the opioid crisis and how it kind of ties into the way the the way they voted and the desperation and then it talked also about how more white men are committing suicide because in in these certain communities because oh. of either drug addiction alcoholism uh, and therefore because of lack of work lack of you know can't take care of family that kind of stuff the breakdown of the family basically sure 
Here's a thing. Uh, getting off fentanyl, do you hate how it makes you feel? Ugh. I've had two failed back surgeries, spinal stenosis, degenerative disc disease, and some bulging discs. I've been on the fentanyl patch since 2003. Started off at 50 milligrams and was on that dosage for three years. And then in 2006, I was put on 100 milligrams. Jesus Christ. Also prescribed Percocet 10 and Clonopin and an antidepressant. I want to get off the patches. For one thing, I don't know where I can go from here. I've been on the same dosage for over four years, and for some time now, it really hasn't helped like it used to. The first day of changing the patch is good, but by the end of the second day and all of the third, I feel like crap, and that I'm having withdrawal symptoms. I hate how they make me feel. I feel depressed all the time. I feel so helpless and alone. I feel lost and just unhappy. I feel like there is the world is passing me by, and I just wonder if the patch especially is making me feel this way the meds i'm on for depression don't seem to work and i think it's because i cannot feel anything with all the narcotics i'm on i want off i am contemplating just doing it cold turkey and having my family help me through the three or four days of hell i know i'm going to endure i don't know how bad it's going to be uh, by but i know that by the third day of needing to change my patch withdrawals are such are as bad as the sleeplessness and the restless legs and I even get restless arms and then sometimes I feel like I just want to shake my entire body. I'm scared to death. I feel like I don't have a life. Almost 10 years of this and I'm just tired. I don't even know what my pain really feels like because not going a day not a day goes by that I'm not treating it. So how am I supposed to know what my pain is now? I do not misuse my meds. I don't take them early. I don't change my patch early. And I don't take too much. In fact, I only take the Percocet if I truly need it. Now I feel like I'm rambling. Do I feel like I'm I feel like I'm living in a fog and I'm so unhappy. Does anyone else know this feeling? Oh my God. That's painful. Yeah. And on the side, let's see. It's like, I'm looking at, there's all these drug things on the side. Patients eligible to little is pay $15 copay a month. <laughs> Our society is so terrible. It's, it's up. terrible. Withdrawing from fentanyl. Oh, um, I wanted to see what it what they describe it as. So this is, how would you describe what it feels like to be high on fentanyl? I find fentanyl to be very strange. I can shoot 25 milligrams and feel an overall dulled feeling a minute later. No rush at all and no powerful effects if you compare it to other opiates at fentanyl equivalent dosage. Wearing a couple patches does this in a couple of hours too, so I use this route. What does it do to you and how do you use it? When I use fentanyl, I always cut the patches into four strips and slide them in between my gums and teeth and cheeks. <gasps> So she orally. I guess, yeah, that's terrible. I always found a nice, warm, content, opiate feeling to come on 20 minutes after dosing. By an hour's time, I will be nodding hard. It's very sedating for me. Plus, for some reason, it makes me annoyingly itchy. I use the large ones, though, 100 milligrams. Damn. I have a massive dilated tolerance, so fentanyl is the only thing that will get me high. I do a whole 100 milligram patch at once. That's a three. That's a three-day transdermal patch that she puts in her mouth. Are you? Whoa! Whoa! Wow! I'm just. It's. This is. Some it's heavy so shit. scary. I know. Well. And this, that and that poor kid, you know. 
he was probably just picking up a towel. Or well, like that could have been pool. could have been someone in someone's mouth. It could have been a fentanyl patch in someone's mouth, and they spit it out, and the kid picked it up. And it's like it's transdermal, and it's that's when it's inside the patch. If you cut that motherfucker open and you put it in your mouth, it can kill you. Like. That's how high people want to get now. That's how desperate people are. It's, they want to get that high. It's till really death. crazy. It's we gotta, guys. Harm reduction. You can't have. I mean. Well, locking y'all motherfuckers ain't up ain't gonna do nothing. That's Help. That's true. Yeah. And then the, I think the whole fact of like the language. I'm still gonna well, call a crackhead a crackhead. Yeah. Right. And yep. a method. But the thing is, the difference is. I know, and I think you know that this is not something that you can just lock someone up for. This is actually, this is an issue and people need help. People are, this is sick. It's a disease. Yeah, it's a disease. It is. It's a disease. But I'm still going to call a crackhead a crackhead. Yeah, yeah. Well, there there comes a point when <laughs> you start making decisions that affect your own health and safety and the, and the problem is that when sometimes your decisions that affect your own health and safety actually affect other Every people's, people's health, and, health safety. and safety and little boys start dying because they pick up exactly. a fentanyl patch a junkie's still a junkie then we have a problem like that thing I don't I mean if you, you. want to do heroin and you want to shoot up and you want to have a safe injection site fine whatever you I don't don't I fucking that, care what you don't do throw that shit on but the don't throw your needles on the street don't show have it around where kids where people can actually get hurt don't spit out your fentanyl patch you know I it's, and it's a it's a pharmaceutical drug, and and it's and it's killing people. It's so scary. Well, that's the Altacast right. for today. Yay! Came full circle. Yay! All right. Uh, drugs. Thanks for joining us here today on the Altacast. We are here every Wednesday from high noon to two p.m. Thank you again, Latoya. Oh, the sheriff is truth as always. Oh, I have to give a shout out to uh, Nicole. Uh, she listens all the time, oh, good, so she's going to be listening once it pops up. So, and uh, Jackie, they just moved to Seattle. Sweet. So. Hi. And a big shout out to Francis Shaheda Esquire. Yeah. Look him up if you need legal services. What an amazing human being he is. We're going to be having a commercial for him soon here on the station. But Francis Shaheda, best lawyer in town. All right, everybody. Thank you again Bye. for joining us. Bye. appetite for all things in life who scream at nothing and everything at the same time who dance till sunup who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow who rival the moon with gravitational force who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck who don't give a fuck who make who do who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs who draw shock and doll on faces graced with watching who create from the soul of an orgasm who swagger even alone in the shower who fight with passion and love with passion and our passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born i say to you i know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact i know it best when i say to you i love you the night space brings you high time story time every wednesday night from 10 to midnight on mutiny radio Listen to San Francisco's finest underground comedians read crazy stories written by me, Arden, on The Night Space. The Night Space, featuring high time story time every Wednesday night from 10 to midnight on Mutiny Radio. High Time Story Time, Volume 1, now available on Amazon.com for Kindle and electronic download. 
you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Tell me 
what you think about your situation, complication, aggravation. Is it getting to you? Then tune in live every Sunday from 12 to 2 p.m. to the Edge of Insanity with myself, Paul Brumbaugh. Kit Marie. Brandon Ray. And Mistress Christine. All on Mutiny Radio. That's right, PCRcollective.org. We'll see you there. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8 that's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band. 